the Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Hobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guest today is Phantom Sokgu Yoon, founder and CEO of the Sovereign Wallet Network and project lead of the Metamui blockchain, which combines decentralization, speed, scalability, security, identity, and privacy. An early use case for such a combination is central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs, whose acceptability as a means of payment depends, in most jurisdictions at least, on their ability to support high volumes of transactions, defeat financial criminals, and be totally secure, while also preserving personal privacy. Phantom, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. It's an honor to join this uh, webinar. Now, Metamui, as I've indicated in my opening remarks, uh, solves the need for first, a central intermediary, classic blockchain, but secondly, it also solves the need for proof of work or proof of stake to settle a transaction. How does Metamui do that? So uh, first of all, there is a little bit of a misconception about uh, eliminating the intermediaries. And uh, as you know that Satoshi Nakamoto in his paper, in the Bitcoin uh, original paper, claimed that this is a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. So he claimed that blockchain system that uh, we know today is the decentralized system uh, eliminating the intermediaries. Uh, it is true that um, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and other blockchain technology do eliminate the uh, centralized intermediaries, but instead they introduced lots of decentralized intermediaries. So actually this is not really a uh, true peer-to-peer -peer payment, because it's still there is uh, intermediaries, even though it's uh, uh, decentralized and in the form of uh, miners and then blockchain nodes. So without the blockchain node and consensus protocol, we cannot do um, direct um, interaction between the sender and the receiver. So we still need um, 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 like a requirement to uh, develop true peer-to-peer -peer system. And uh, Metamui is the first true peer-to-peer -peer, um, payment system without any kind of intermediaries. So uh, in the Metamui system, the sender um, sends the money and this is a more like a um, authorized signature. So similar to the banknote, there is a, uh, in the uh, Metamui system, we have a concept of banknote. This uh, banknote is similar to blockchain uh, node, and that is uh, similar. But uh, one thing difference is that this uh, banknote can issue the banknote. And uh, it is issued to the sender, and then uh, sender can receive it. and it can uh, authorize a transfer uh, by signing. Digitally signing um, is uh, receive the banknote and then uh, receiver uh, can also uh, verify both this 
banknote signature, and then send the signature. And once this uh, signature is verified, it doesn't require any kind of um, uh, consensus protocol or intermediary action. Mm -hmm. So this is a one of first true peer-to-peer -peer, uh, payment system. Um, may I, uh, did I explain it correctly? If you have any questions, this is a new concept. So you might have some more questions. You did. I just want to understand one thing, which is because it is true peer-to-peer, -peer, you don't need uh, miners, you don't need proof of work, you don't need proof of stake anymore either. Is that a function of it being peer-to-peer? -peer? So, uh, and there are uh, lots of uh, misunderstanding in the consensus protocol. Um, people might know that proof of work and proof of stake is a consensus protocol, but there is a, a little bit more clear definition of the consensus protocol. As you know that um, in the blockchain system, uh, there is a node, they are the mediator, and then um, kind of validator and prover. They need to validate and prove this the transaction record is correct or not. But uh, in during this process, so we need a, we need to define three consensus protocol. Uh, one is the uh, election process. So we need to define, decide who will initially propose or who will write the uh, actual transaction record. And the second protocol is that if there is a multiple uh, record in the blockchain system, and then we need to decide which record, which transaction is the correct one. We have to uh, select uh, only one transaction in the system. That's the um, true meaning of consensus protocol. And um, the third one is uh, we need a confirmation protocol, whether this uh, recorded written transaction is the final or not. If, I, if my transaction, meaning that uh, my uh, transport information is um, inserted, written in the blockchain, and we need to make sure that this is a final and then confirmed. So in the um, Bitcoin protocol, there is no election, the proposal protocol consensus. So in the Bitcoin, um, anyone who mined, mined the uh, blockchain, so meaning that um, anyway, so there is a miner. So uh, we heard about the proof of work, Miner can uh, decide. So miner is a part of the uh, selection protocol, but the uh, actual, the second protocol that uh, if there is a fork, meaning that there is a two different um, record in the system and we need a um, consensus protocol to make a decision. This is, uh, this protocol consensus is called the uh, uh, Nakamoto protocol. Nakamoto consensus. This is uh, uh, actually the consensus protocol we call the longest chain. Mm -hmm. So if there is a record in the one chain and then another record in the um, longer chain, then uh, we make a decision that the um, record in the longer blockchain is the correct one. This is the consensus protocol for the Bitcoin. And uh, proof of work is a part of the, election process, 
and then um, part of the decision process. And uh, in the Bitcoin and other blockchain system, there is no protocol that make a decision to have a confirmation. So uh, you may heard about in the Bitcoin, Bitcoin is actually probabilistic consensus. We never know our uh, record is even inserted in the blockchain, but whether it's a really final or not, there is no uh, guarantee that this um, block, my uh, record block is a final or not. So uh, that means there is no confirmation process protocol. So it's a probabilistic protocol. That means uh, we have to wait. So if there is a, a six block, uh, is uh, inserted and then accumulated after my transaction record, then uh, we can say that it's almost uh, possible that uh, it's almost confirmed, but it's not really 100%. There is a slight chance, probabilistic uh, possibility that it might be um, orphaned, meaning that uh, it can be deleted mm -hmm. in the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, there are uh, many people think that this uh, proof of work or proof of uh, stake is a consensus protocol, but it's only the part of the protocol. And uh, we need to decide, uh, design these three consensus protocol in a very clear and distinctive way. So one of the advances in the uh, consensus protocol is that um, in the modern blockchain system, we have a um, clear definition of uh, block proposer protocol. So that uh, maybe uh, something like um, in the algorithm, they using the uh, verifiable random function to make a decision that whether I'm the proposer or not. And so if you, um, if you make the uh, protocol uh, clearly defined and if you define the uh, proposer from the beginning, even though uh, instead of allowing any random number to and number of uh, people to uh, propose a block, if you can make it uh, simple, uh, we we elect choose the proposer, just a single proposer. This is uh, uh, one of the design that most of the advanced uh, blockchain system does. Then we can make it much much faster. So instead of uh, allowing anybody to uh, write the uh, block, then uh, if you choose in advance that uh, the, the person or the node to write the block, then uh, we can uh, make it a much faster block system, blockchain system. And um, we also follow the kind of system. But one thing advanced is that uh, we are using the identity-based blockchain, it meaning that this is a permission, the public blockchain. We can allow um, many, many the node or the new person to enter into the node, but uh, we make a decision. We, we, we need a permission or the voting of a pre-existing member to join the network. That means um, every node and uh, participating um, participant of the uh, blockchain system we know exact number of people and uh, every node is identified. So in the blockchain system, we make it uh, this kind of much faster and then more efficient and clear defined system. 
And uh, if you uh, changed fundamental shift from uh, anonymous blockchain system to uh, this identify system, you can make it uh, many things very simple and clear. Can I, public permissions sounds like a contradiction in terms. Are you saying that the, the network is open to anyone who wants to join, provided they can meet certain criteria and the existing members of the network vote to admit them? Is that what public permission means? Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay. So um, if you look at the other uh, cryptocurrency and the public blockchain system, um, many of the problem, especially the performance problem, is, uh, is uh, related to allowance of this anonymous and dynamic entrance um, to the system. Mm -hmm. So if you allow anybody to join and anybody to write the system, then uh, you need a uh, lots of complicated uh, consensus protocol and um, decision-making process right. to make it secure and the correct one. So you, but, you, you, you've solved the scalability problem. You can have an unlimited number of nodes joining your network. Uh, yes. So. Uh, Scalability problem is especially important one in the current uh, blockchain system. Uh, as you know, that many people claim that blockchain is a decentralized system. And uh, there is a confusion that if it's a uh, decentralized system and lots of nodes in the network, and then uh, you can think, you can, people naturally think that um, this many different nodes can work independently. And then if you add more and more nodes, you can make it faster. But this is not true. In a blockchain system, uh, the problem is that it's not really decentralized at all. I mean, of course, it's decentralized in the, form, uh, in the structural point of view. Uh, there are a lot of uh, blockchain nodes, and uh, apparently, it looks very decentralized. But in the operation point of view, it's very centralized and uh, serialized operation. So as you know that, um, the, uh, for example, Ethereum claimed that it's a world computer. But uh, what it said is that all the blockchain node forms a virtual single computer and can process the transaction in one by one in a very serialized fashion. This means that um, uh, you are buying a copy in UK, someone in Korea and someone in other country have to wait until your transaction is uh, processed and then cleared. Mm -hmm. That means, uh, let's say, uh, if we ever build a world reserve currency based on this uh, current blockchain uh, architecture, then uh, everyone uh, in the world have to wait in line to be processed. Even though we have a supercomputer, there is a, uh, it's not scalable at all. So if you have, if you have a, a one, let's say one billion people I mean, about five, we have 5 billion people around the world. Then 
that means if a if person require one transaction per second and then we need to have a five billion seconds per second processing but because of this uh serialized operation structure this is a protocol problem and it cannot be solved so uh, only way to have this uh, globally scalable uh, currency system is that uh, we need to decentralize the operation and meaning that we need to distribute the operation and separate the operation and process the transaction in parallel. That means um, people in London and people in the Seoul the transaction have to be processed independently and in parallel. This kind of structure is required. And um, Metamu is a multi-chain system and it's one of the first blockchain system that achieve this true parallel and independent operation. And combining these two things, parallel operation and true peer-to-peer -peer system we can achieve millions of transactions. I mean, we can achieve billions and you know trillions of transactions if you add more and more because we have we we achieve this uh, separation of the transaction processing. And if you think about the in the future, we are expecting the metamui, I mean metaverse and uh, IoT. So IoT, IoT, Internet of Things meaning that we have a M2M commerce. As you, um, in normal trend, uh, blockchain things, blockchain uh, technology system, uh, we can process about um, 1,000 to 3,000 transactions per second. The faster one is up to 10,000 to 50,000. That's almost maximum. But even though, uh, even with this uh, human, transaction like people is buying coffee or buying a food uh, this kind of transaction requires uh, more than um, you know millions of transactions but if you add in the future that the machine will do the financial transaction like your refrigerator in the kitchen will buy the food by themselves and then your car um, self-driving automotive uh, vehicle will buy the electricity on the road. And this kind of uh, uh, M2N commerce and the future of metaverse society, we need uh, billions of transactions and trillions of transactions. Without a fundamental shift in the protocol and the design of the blockchain system, we cannot achieve this kind of M2N commerce. And in those metaverse and this uh, M2N com machine commerce, we cannot use the paper money to do the transaction. We need a really uh, fast and secure and um, and uh, true or peer-to-peer -peer so that we can achieve operating uh, payment, etc. So um, there is a one requirement that we need to fundamentally redesign the blockchain system to meet the needs of um, uh, regulatory framework, for, uh, for example, first, like a financial system cannot use the uh, cryptocurrency technology. So in the, in the future, that uh, if let's say that in the metaverse, 
not only just the people, but also the shops and then government organization have to enter into this digital space and do the interactions. And this government and the bank cannot use the cryptocurrency anonymous based uh, currency because there is a uh, possibility of money laundering and other regulatory framework. So they, they only they can use the blockchain system that satisfy the uh, financial uh, regulatory framework. So uh, we need to change from the design of anonymous blockchain, uh, anonymous token-based blockchain into identified blockchain. And also the, um, but um, people may argue that we need a uh, um, concern about the privacy. But, um, and one way to uh, achieve this dilemma, this kind of um, decentralized, I mean, identity-based blockchain while preserving uh, people's privacy, personal privacy, is that uh, we can use the uh, decentralized identity system called uh, self-sovereign identity. So self-sovereign identity is the identity system uh, that uh, protect user privacy much more than uh, centralized uh, identity system with the anonymous blockchain. So uh, with, with, by adapting decentralized identity blockchain and uh, identified uh, token blockchain, combining these two systems, we can achieve um, rigorous compli uh, compliance and uh, also the um, much better protection of user privacy and also this uh, compliant with the GDPR and other uh, privacy protection laws. This uh, uh, kind of concept of uh, MetaMoy system. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you to tell us more about this um, digital identity um, mm. idea and components you have. Um, mm. As I understand it, the idea here is to, is to bind ownership of the, um, bind digital identities to, to the digital assets so that ownership of an asset and this is, asset is mine become part of a single structure. Mm. Now, I, now, doing that, requires obviously these self-sovereign digital identities to be widely available. And I'm wondering how that's going to come about. Can we rely on consumers themselves or companies to start adopting these digital identities or do we expect governments to, to drive that, that process? Do we have to agree a set of attributes, a set of documents, if you like, which define what, what, you know, what is a, a believable digital identity? you know, in the end, what, what comes first here? Is it going to be MetaMui because the technology is so powerful driving the adoption of digital identities or is it digital identities gonna help MetaMui to grow? And as we said at the outset, get adopted by the likes of central banks because it is, it's, it's not only secure and fast, but it's also private. Tell us more about, about how digital identity is gonna work with MetaMui and how it can all happen. Yes. And of course, that uh, not only just people and the shops and the government all have to agree on this technology and then enter into this um, market or the uh, adapt this standard. Otherwise, uh, it will it won't work. Right? There is no uh, compatibility, and then there is a problem. Uh, 
And if you think about uh, uh, how to achieve this goal, is that uh, we can think about the way that internet was adapted. Before internet, there is a telephone network and banking network. And this is all heterogeneous network. Each country have their different standard and uh, try to expand to the globally, interoperation and integration, step-by-step uh, -step, uh, improvement was required, but their uh, penetration ratio and adaptation ratio is not really satisfiable, but there was a, uh, now there is an internet. Internet is that protocol-based and the standard-based approach. And the self-sovereign identity that we are using is uh, similar to the internet approach. So internet approach just set up the standard and the protocol, TCP, IP, and protocol. Anyone can adapt to this protocol and then standard. It can be interoperable. So, so uh, self-sovereign identity is not uh, metamoe defined. This is a, a global standard and um, Web3 consortium uh, standard. That means this is the uh, same as um, internet-based, internet-style um, adoption, and we are using, uh, we, had, we defined the permissioned public uh, identity blockchain on top, uh, utilizing this self-sovereign identity standard. So any government, any shop, uh, any system that adopting this standard can be uh, interoperable and can be used. So. Uh, this is the way to establish or build a globally scalable system from the beginning. We are uh, using the same philosophy and then success uh, story of the internet. So basically this uh, uh, digital currency and metaverse, everything is now we are building everything on top of the internet. As you know that uh, internet is the most widely penetrated and deployed uh, system. So if you think about the financial inclusion, then if you're gonna uh, evolve the current banking system and, and try to reach every corner of the world, um, it may happen, but um, I'm almost sure that not in our lifetime, that kind of thing will be possible. So. Uh, how we can uh, accelerate the adoption of this financial inclusion and um, the uh, and deploying the account um, to the people that who doesn't have a banking account banking uh, account. So one way to do it is to use the uh, now we have an internet most widely deployed and it can reach every almost every corner of the globe currently and. Uh, Let's build a blockchain-based, internet-based uh, digital currency system and also identity-based uh, account address. So current system is that um, uh, credit, we have a digital currency that is based on the uh, banking account. We have a very advanced uh, credit card and you know, RC card and other uh, mobile payment. But there's one condition, people need to have a banking account. Otherwise they cannot use this advanced digital payment system. And uh, to 
achieve financial inclusion, we need to give everyone the account equivalent. And if you utilize this self-sovereign identity and identified accounting system, and anyone with identity can have the account. So we can not only give the person, the people, the account, but also uh, we can give um, every machine and every item uh, to the uh, DID, digital identity, then uh, we can achieve globally scalable and globally compatible accounting address. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a very important shift in the approach and the design of the global financial system. That's what uh, Metamui is pioneering and uh, we are moving fast. And anybody um, uh, having adapting the same uh, global standard can interact with the Metamui system. Now you, you've talked about um, this internet as a distribution network. Um, you, you haven't mentioned mobile phones, but you the, these things, but you have mentioned um, the the need for or the ability of Metamui to um, accelerate financial inclusion for people who don't have internet access and don't have a have a bank account. So your your vision is of a world which is united through um, wireless technologies of various kinds. In other words, um, everyone's going to have, you don't need to go through Google or Facebook with their federated identity to get access to all these, um, uh, all this data. These, mm. The data can flow through the internet, it can flow through the telephone networks. Um, so you're really describing a, um, or, or the vision you described of the internet of things with trillions of transactions. I don't know whether you meant trillions of transactions a second, <laughs> but, you, but you meant a lot of stuff going on, a lot of small payments uh, taking place. And the MetaMui can support all of that and automate all of that because it's built in digital identity. It can work across different types of, um, of um, it, internet and telephone networks uh, through this sort of single, single sign-in. And it can support, because of the parallel processing you've described, very high volumes of, of transactions. It's a kind of multi-ledger, multi-chain structure distributed through the internet and the telephone network. And mm -hmm. it's, it's speeded up through parallel processing and standardized digital identities. That's your, that's your vision right now. Right, yeah, you exactly summarized. Yeah. Okay, good. So perfect. Yeah. A, a good, a, a good um, early use case of this would be central bank digital currencies, right? Because they yes. need all of those things. And, and where have you, are you talking to central banks about doing, using the technology for a CBDC? Yes, well, we are uh, discussing it uh, lots of countries. And, um, you know, we do discuss with uh, most of the advanced uh, nations about this, uh, adapting this technology. And uh, I like to mention about uh, technology technology adaptation uh, cycle or technology adaptation uh, scenarios. And uh, one thing that uh, in Korea, the internet adoption ratio is very fast was that there is not many stakeholders. So the meaning that there, there is no um, competing network that prevent, don't like that internet to be deployed. Uh, there was a cable network. So 
relatively not well developed cable network system, meaning that we can deploy the new um, network without much of the friction. But in contrast, in the US, there is a very good cable network company. They don't like this internet to be deployed because it's a cheaper and better network that they don't they have. So, and also you can see that in some of the less developed country, the mobile network is much faster because uh, if you have a, a 5G or advanced mobile network, uh, you don't have to deploy the cable net, I mean, television network, telephone network, and internet. So you can achieve the multi, uh, multiple infrastructure at the same time. So, uh, but as you know that this, uh, if, if the, this CBDC is deployed in the advanced na um, nation, there is a lot, lots of frictions. This is a new kind of payment system. And uh, there are established payment process, payment operator like the credit card company. And um, simply say that they can running out of business. I mean, there is a, a internet-based payment system. There is a no um, fees and uh, instant availability of the funds. There's much more uh, payment system even the consumer point of view and then uh, merchant point of view. Mm -hmm. For the merchant, uh, if they use the CBDC, their um, sales become instantly income and then their money deposit to the bank account instantly. But if they use the credit card, they have to pay the fee to the service company because they have they using proprietary expensive private network to do the processing. And uh, it takes sometimes uh, one month or sometimes three months for them to the sales uh, of the amount and deposit to the bank. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lots of um, uh, change in the advanced nation. Mm -hmm. And uh, many of the advanced nation, they say that um, their ATM, car, ATM machine is deployed um, nationwide and they already have a credit card and everything. So uh, they don't feel much of need for this new payment system. So there's lots of friction in the advanced nation to uh, deploy the CBDC and also the privacy issues. And there are still um, many of the country, the understanding of the blockchain system is not really well um, developed. Still there, are uh, Come, um, they are um, focused on the cryptocurrency oriented uh, blockchain system. They, they don't think that uh, identity-based blockchain is possible yet, but this kind of uh, understanding requires, takes time. So uh, our approach is going to the country where there is nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, we start with the micro nations and in the micronation, uh, we are discussing with uh, CBDC about six months ago. And the problem is that uh, not only just the CBDC infrastructure was not exist, but also there is uh, no identity mechanism. So what ended up happening is that we have to 
provide everything in one package. So uh, what it did was uh, uh, providing national identity and um, CBDC and e-government system at the same time. And uh, this self-sovereign identity is an identity system, and but also this is a decentralized public key infrastructure, meaning that uh, you can register your uh, digital signature and you can issue the certificate, the cert, uh, signed document of any kind. And so we can um, create uh, entirely paperless e-government system. If the uh, government enter into this uh, digital system and establish the digital identity, like uh, digital twins or avatar, the government has a digital twin and uh, this twin can sign the certificate. So the tax payment and registration of the land and um, digital stock uh, transfer or everything can be notarized and certified. And not only the government can do this, but also the merchant can do this. Merchant, um, uh, we innovated the payment system. The current payment system, if you go to the um, shop, let's say you're buying a copy, you go to the shop and order food, order copy, and you give the credit card to the merchant. And uh, merchant uh, pay the bill, then uh, you receive the receipt. But uh, in the process, there is a possibility of a mistake. So you give the payment system first and receive the receipt later. And if there's overcharge, things like that, then uh, you need to uh, go back and then do the uh, complex claiming process. In, in our uh, MetaMuy system, we uh, changed it. So uh, when you order things, the merchant sends you the e-bill electronic uh, document, the bill, and then signed by the uh, identity of the merchant. The merchant is verified, can be verified and the signature can also be verified. And um, we have a pairwise trust mechanism, meaning uh, we have a two-way cryptographic communication channel is established. The merchant send the uh, e-bill through the secure channel and the person, uh, the buyer, who received the uh, e-bill, electronic bill, can uh, look at the smartphone and check everything's okay, then pay with the identity-based uh, token mechanism. So this is much more advanced. And not only just uh, this payment can be done through this way, but also um, the tax payment, other bill payment uh, can be done this way. And this is much more uh, advanced way. Uh, by having this decentralized public key infrastructure, meaning that uh, decentralized signature verification mechanism, now we can um, um, innovate everything uh, in the uh, digital space. Right, so the, the invoice, the payment, and even the tax payment, I don't know, mm -hmm. the the value-added tax on the on the cup of coffee gets gets paid straight away um, as well, and you can do all that on a on a mobile telephone network. You you don't need internet access to do that. And if so, were there technical obstacles making all that work um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there is, there is a, I mean, even though we can uh, achieve peer-to-peer uh, -peer payment, but uh, also um, uh, in the later on, you need a clearing process. So of course it's better to have a network. And most of the normal transaction, then uh, we can do uh, even without the internet, but um, for advanced transaction, and I need to mention about the smart contract. And original Nick Java's smart contract design was not really uh, fully implemented many of the current uh, blockchain system. Because uh, I mentioned about that the blockchain forms as a single computer and then do the processing one by one. So having a smart money, the uh, programmable money, meaning that we can delay the process, make it uh, processing much more slower because this uh, smart contract based programmable money based transaction takes a uh, hundred times or a thousand times more slower. Then meaning that uh, in the no if you're gonna uh, implement programmable money that uh, many of the blockchain uh, project claim that to do it, uh, that requires a thousand times slower transaction, meaning that means uh, if you can process normal, just payment processing in about thousand times or 2000 transactions per second, then meaning uh, for the program, if you apply the program of money, you can uh, only achieve one or two transactions per second. So uh, in practice with this uh, previous blockchain system, it's not possible to have program of money is so slow. And so we need uh, this parallel processing. So MetaMui has a parallel processing. Uh, so we, and uh, also one thing we innovate is that we run the chain code, smart contract code on the edge of the system. So our uh, smart contract code runs on your smartphone, not on the network of the system. So it can be much faster and then independent processing is possible. And now we can really implement programmable money without not much of a problem. So uh, assuming that this, uh, now uh, this is possible, then uh, what we can do is that uh, we can have a programmable taxation. So minus tax and you know, freedom I talked about, that kind of thing can be now implemented. And also in the payment, uh, payment processing, um, actual uh, payment uh, amount of payment will uh, deposit to the merchant and the amount of tax can be uh, deposited to the government account mm -hmm. instantly on the, at the moment of the uh, payment system. And, by, uh, and also we can apply programmable taxation. Is the is the MetaMui technology capable of being applied to other markets? We've talked about payments, about money. Can it be applied to, say, security token markets or markets in non-fungible tokens as well? Yes, of course. Thank you very much for asking us. This is our one of the best field. So uh, many of there are uh, many of the problems, and one of the major problem is that. Um, how can you prove this, uh, let's say NFT and then digital asset market 
you create this uh, token or this um, NFT, then uh, how can you prove that this digital asset is actually legal or have value? In current blockchain system, this is very difficult to do it. But in our uh, identity-based token blockchain system, we can, uh, since we have uh, this signature network, that gov uh, government who enter into the market can certify that this token or the asset is a true asset that represents the uh, real uh, estate, real house, or it uh, represents the actual gold deposited uh, in the bank. So bank can uh, issue the certificate saying that uh, this uh, NFT certified, uh, now we can have a certified NFT. So, uh, in the anonymous blockchain system, there is a problem of the issuer. If, the, uh, if you receive the NFT, you have to trust the issuer. But since there is a no identity mechanism, you cannot trust whether issuer is a, a real person or just a, a fake person. And uh, it claimed that this uh, asset is backed by the company stock or the real gold, it represents the real house or the um, in, um, IP, like the carbon credit or in a, a patent. And you, you never know, or there's no guarantee that this is real. But if you have this uh, decentralized um, signature network, then you can now certify everything. So um, one claim that uh, one major uh, importance is that um, uh, anonymous token-based blockchain is very difficult to legalize and certify all these digital assets. And, but after uh, MetaMui and then identity-based uh, token, token blockchain with a digital signature and certification process, we can certify and prove everything is real. And um, so this is a big shift. And one more big shift is the ownership of the asset. And um, in the cryptocurrency and the traditional previous blockchain system, uh, the ownership of the asset, ownership of the token is bind to the private key of the user. Meaning that if you lost the private key, you lost everything. You may heard about someone uh, lost all the, all the amount of Bitcoin because he forget about the password. <laughs> the, the problem is that uh, in the previous sense, this is very uh, vulnerable very dangerous approach. Like for example, if you uh, work very hard and then uh, accumulate uh, all the asset and you retire and uh, you forget about the password and you lost all your wealth. <laughs> so this is a really terrible scenario. And, um, and also something like um, if your parents has a lot buried and then uh, died and without telling you the password, the secret, then the, uh, all the wealth of the parents is just disappeared. But we, we need to change that. So MetaMui bind the ownership of the digital asset to the identity of the user. So 
the identity and then yourself is the ultimate proof that you are the owner. So uh, in our case, the, if you lost the private key, meaning that you lost the signature, then you can re-register your signature. You can, uh, we can reset the private key, but still you, uh, ownership is bind to the identity. So you still own the older asset. And if your parents used to have a lots of art collections and you know, um, very precious, not replaceable uh, art collections, then uh, passed away without telling you the uh, password, then uh, what you can do is that after a uh, bank order, I mean the court order, if you have a legal proof that you are the um, descendant of this uh, person, then you'll be able to inherit all the asset and then uh, asset ownership will transfer to your account, to your identity. So this kind of a new approach really required and can happen in the metamoy. Now you, you mentioned earlier the, the metaverse, and I know that uh, Korea is probably the most advanced country mm -hmm. on earth in, in terms of making a reality of the metaverse. People are watching what the Korean banks and brokers are doing mm -hmm. uh, very carefully. But once you're in the metaverse, one of the things you're going to be doing is buying and selling um, goods and services, which creates a need for payment. And you might be making those payments in cryptocurrency or fiat currency, CBDC. You might be making, you might be exchanging uh, utility tokens for security tokens. There's a lot going on. There might be stable coins. Yeah. Um, so um, there is an obvious uh, opportunity there for, for, for MetaMovie's technology to apply in the metaverse. Is that something that you're, an application you're thinking of pursuing? Yes. Look at the name. We are the MetaMui. So it's the you know perfect payment system designed for metaverse. And our understanding of the metaverse is a little bit uh, different than many. Um, there are also the many confusion about what the metaverse is. And many people think that this is just a virtual world, you know, um, you know, multiplaying game system, but. Uh, in my opinion, there is a fundamental difference between this uh, virtual world, like a second life uh, in the before, is that uh, metaverse now connecting the real world and the digital world. This is a true meaning of the metaverse. So that means that um, people, shops and government have to have a digital twins in the digital space and that identity and the ownership have to be connected. The, if you own the house in the real world, you still, still, still be able to prove your um, identity, your avatar in the metaverse owns your uh, virtual house in the metaverse, if it's legal. And uh, if you make money in the metaverse, then uh, if you come into the real world, you should be able to that, uh, use that money in the real world. This kind of two-way connection and um, interconnection of these two parallel universe is required. And so since I'm assuming that uh, in the metaverse, not only just the people doesn't care whether it's anonymous or legal or illegal or whatever, but the government and bank 
should be able to enter into the metaverse and then uh, do the real uh, commercial transaction. They cannot use this uh, anonymous token-based system because there is a law saying that um, you know anti-money laundering should not should be avoided, and then people need. I mean, government want to um, <clears throat> collect the tax. I mean, it, many people don't like to do it, but of course, but uh, to uh, have a real uh, metaverse system, this kind of assumption should be um, complied. And we design, I designed the uh, digital currency system and digital system based on the concept of the reason, basic reason why I designed the um, MetaMui based on the concept of the identity is that uh, to prepare for this future. So currently this early stage and some of the um, uh, centralized metaverse uh, system like uh, many of the current uh, gaming world, whether it's a virtual or the real doesn't really matter. But in the future, uh, what true metaverse meaning is that um, now uh, we are creating the digital nation and digital uh, society. And this one is uh, connected to the real world and the identity of the real person and the uh, real money making and real commerce to uh, happen this way. I think the, uh, we should uh, convert everything into the uh, metamui kind of identity based blockchain system. Mm -hmm. Now, you've obviously invested a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, a lot of money in, in creating this new technology. How are you looking to get paid? How, what, what's the sources of income of MetaMui? So uh, we are the one of the first uh, platform-based CBDC system, meaning that anyone, any country who willing to publish the CBDC, they can pay us, they can license this is a more uh, similar to cloud system for CBDC publication. You can license our system, pay us, and then publish. It, um, our first country was a uh, uh, sovereign agency government um, inside of the Australia. Uh, they, they took about an hour to publish the CBDC. This kind of thing never happened. I mean, never been possible with the uh, current approach of uh, system integration, SAI-based, custom developed-based uh, CBDC deployment. It takes minimum six months <laughs> and lots of um, testing and everything and uh, lots of cost to publish the CBDC. Uh, but if you have a cloud uh, system-like approach, um, the government can um, publish the CBDC on a very proven established uh, system and without the fraction of the cost and fraction of the time. This is uh, basically our approach. And this is a permissioned public network and uh, it will evolve into the cross-border payment. So uh, not only just a MetaMui, but also the central bank and the government will join the uh, node in the form of the banknote, and they uh, jointly operate the MetaMui network, and uh, it will become a new cross-border payment system. 
and um, we are the uh, we are making money by uh, licensing the banknote and also um, charging some transaction fees to the government, not to the user. <laughs> and um, if anybody watching this uh, interview was excited about the vision you've laid out and the technology itself, can they invest in Metamui? Are you are you seeking capital? to take the company to the next stage? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, are, we have a uh, token. Metamui also is the token name, coin name, and it is listed on the, some of the exchange. So you can search through the coin market cap and you can uh, buy Metamui. And one of the major design that uh, I have is that um, many people like, like the Bitcoin and there are many uh, controversy about the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency is the intrinsic value. How can you prove that this one has a value? Not on, um, and so uh, one thing I designed uh, about the Metamui is that um, just like you ask, uh, I designed the system that makes money, that profit. So. This is the um, ultimate source of the um, proof that this um, token and uh, coin has a value. So Metamui is uh, designed to um, have a, um, a value backed up by the future income of the project. Phantom, thank you very much for taking time to talk to us. It's been a fascinating uh, conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs>